Hey, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Uh, this is your host, Brian Porter. Um, if you've never listened to this podcast before, basically it is a musician, me, interviewing other musicians and other people involved in the you know the DIY music scene and beyond. And I have a, just a genuine curiosity um, about the people who make up the music world. Um, being a part of it myself and kind of being at the earlier stages of my quote-unquote career, um, I like learning from other bands who are maybe more established or are in the same position, like what are they doing that's working or you know what is their process and you, you, you know you learn a lot of different stuff so basically that's what this podcast is and you know we, we keep it loose we have a good time i don't prepare questions i just kind of go with the flow so it's just musicians having conversations with each other and you get a lot of insight into what um being in the music scene is kind of like from the people who actually do it so um on this episode we have 40 feet tall um I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet and let you guys get right into it. So thank you for being here. Please share this episode with a friend or on Instagram or whatever if you like it and um, enjoy. All right. Thanks. Oh, dude. Hell yeah. All right. Let me get the video going. All right. Hold on. Boom. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty well. Yeah, so I was just I just got done listening to a couple of your songs, just so you know. So um sweet. Which which one? Yeah, I uh you guys are from Portland, right? Did I read that correctly? Indeed. Do you feel personally attacked by like Portlandia or like the stereotypes against Portland people? I mean, not really. <laughs> That. We're no. ta- we're also Californians originally, so I saw oh, okay. I saw Portlandia way before I moved here, and I thought it was hilarious, and I still think it's funny. Yeah, and accurate. <laughs> At least the first two I, seasons. Because, like, I wanted to ask. I think it. I think it's just a funny thought. Hold on, I'm too loud. I think it's a funny thought to think about. Like, all right, there's probably people that are from Portland that are just normal, and then there are people who. Th- think about the portland stereotypes and then they want to be that so they go to portland to to be that and i'm just curious like is that a thing like do do people like migrate there because they want to be like super hipsters i, I just it, i just i think it's a tomato tomato situation yeah but less so yeah. now i think that that definitely was a thing like i don't know but in the last yeah. in the last like few years, it, I would it, say most people here are normal. But then you also get people who ride unicycles and juggle <laughs> juggle while they're on their unicycle and play the bagpipes. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's, I, it's just more I, accepted I, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not against any of it at all. By okay. by the way, yeah. No, neither Sweet. are we. Yeah, where are you? Where are you from? Oh, I was just what? about to say. Yeah, this is a kitty cat. I'm in the Detroit area, and oh, cool. uh, yeah, I wish we had more unicyclers and bagpipers, but uh, <laughs> mainly the most the, the people that just like the biggest like genre of street performer we have is like people telling you that you're gonna die and go to hell if you like guys or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we have lots of street pastors. Especially yeah. on like the college campuses and don't stuff. Envy. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why here, dude. Maybe I'm just noticing that more than the others. Yeah, well, especially with COVID, everyone's like the end days are coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they have like an angle to play. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah this this podcast is very relaxed by the way this is not like an interview type podcast i mean it, it is in a way but it's not like uh so i hear you guys from portland tell me what that's like or like you know what i mean it's not like, so sorry it says you're here you're a band what's that like is that hard sometimes <laughs> no no i'm a musician i like band i like you know i i just like talking about the shit yeah you know i think it's interesting yeah. but i did just get on listening to a couple of your songs and i fucking vibe with it i you know i'm like in the emo sort of it's not because it's the type of music i play necessarily but it's just like the friends i have like very like midwest emo and like pop punk twinkle shit you know that's kind of like what i've become entrenched in the most and i like hearing bands that are i, I like all kinds of shit that's not that in fact that's one of the least things that i listen to nowadays so I listen to you guys. I like the more of like the strokes angle, but I was also getting like envy on the coast. I don't know if you guys listen to them at all, but, uh, Oh dude, you guys would fucking like them. It's not like a one-to-one comparison, but yeah, you guys definitely, especially, um, whatever the one that you guys have that has like 300,000 plays or something that was giving me like envy on the coast vibe. So on off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That one. I really fucking like that one. I can see why that one has so many plays. Um, but yeah, I'm just like. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Have you uh, heard of this? There's this artist out there. His name is Hala, H A L A. I think we just lost you. Still there? Okay. Fuck. Sorry. Had to find different headphones. They just they just shot out on me in the oh, middle. No worries. We just like this is our first time on Discord, so we had no idea if it was us or no, it wasn't. And you know, I was I've had some pretty smooth sailing recently, knock on wood, with Discord, but yeah. It was it was headphones or the interface. I don't know. It's either the headphones or the interface stopped working. We're back. But, yeah. So one of you were one of you was asking me the something about since I'm from Detroit. Oh yeah, there's there's an artist out there. His name is Ian Ruhala, and he has a project called Hala. Hmm. It's like H A L A. is what he goes by. Oh really? Is yeah. it? It's a music musician. Yeah, yeah. Tell me if you know him, I'm always looking for uh, more people. Yeah, I don't know if he's still out in Detroit or not, but some killer tunes coming out of that guy. But I know he was based out of Detroit. Yeah, yeah we're. I don't even know if he's from yeah. Detroit. <laughs> Every Detroit musician. I don't know. <laughs> it's always worth the ask. Word is, uh, word is he has been to Detroit. This hollow person. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that or he claims. Overlay or layover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like me saying I'm from Vancouver. I was like in the Vancouver airport one time. <laughs> but have you guys toured? Like, have you guys done, um, gotten to uh, see other parts of the country for music? We have. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we've only done like we've done like little one-offs, kind of like long weekend stuff. Yeah. We did like three years ago. We did uh, like two week tour. Um, West Coast. Just yeah, but just it was pretty much all West Coast. So we're 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 getting close to I think we're trying something to get a little bit longer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. probably twenty two. 
Yeah, we play like Seattle and San Francisco and LA a lot. Um, but yeah, we want to come out to Detroit. Mainly. I mean, dude, hip. Yeah, you, you want to just like Detroit? skip the heartland and go straight to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> the good. Well, let me know when you do. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I book out here sometimes. Oh, sweet, sweet. Um. Yeah, this pod that's one of the perks of this podcast is I've met a lot of people. And uh so now it's I don't necessarily like I'm not like the the main contact for the venue usually, but usually I'll have a friend who's like will secure a date at a venue or something and then because I've met so many bands from the podcast, I'll just be able to find bands to fill the bill. So I'm kind of like a middleman to a middleman when it comes to booking, but I can always I'm like a, a go-to person for getting out of towners to come in because of all that podcast. So you guys ever want to come to Detroit, just hit me up. I'll get you on for sure. We'd love to, yeah. yeah. We really do want to. Yeah. We're dying yeah. to go on the tour. Uh, it seems that it's in the, the virus is not helping us. Also that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough now because it seems like, you know, I'm an idiot when it comes to this, okay? Like, I, I don't... I I'm vaccinated and all that shit. And I just... I feel I don't my limited understanding of it is like if you the people at risk are the people who aren't vaccinated mainly. But if you, you yeah. can go get the vac it's really annoying, honestly. I'm not trying to get political or anything. And it shouldn't be political at all, but yeah. it is somehow. It's people's I mean, life death, it shouldn't be political. Yeah, I agree. And it's just it's just annoying that it seemed like, you know, yeah. hopefully this is just a bump in the road because it seemed like shit was coming back. Like I've played a couple shows you know this summer which is awesome you know that's not uh that's obviously a good thing but now it, it feels like you know there's certain shows that now we don't know if they're gonna happen or not and things like that it's like come on yeah. dude yeah yeah it's like we had like we could just freedom i know right? and then now it's like starting to be the, the dark fall again <laughs> I know, dude. Um, but I was going to ask you, so because this is, I have a sort of philosophy when it comes to, I mean, this is coming from somebody who's never been on tour. I've only done like sh out of town shows, you know, a couple in Ohio. And, uh, um, but I, I have like a philosophy that I'm taking into when I do book things for out of town next year. And I, I, I th and since you guys have, you've done little one off weekenders, but then you've also done like the two week thing, like, my guess is that you have just as good luck or just as good results from just doing weekenders than you would going on like a one long tour, just because the thought being like you're hitting new markets, but you're hitting them all on like Fridays or Saturdays instead of going two weeks at once. And then you're only really still getting like two weekends worth of like prime time totally. shows. I mean, what's been your guys' experience like comparing the two? Well, I feel like we always try and get, like you said, like San Francisco or Seattle or LA on those Friday, Saturday nights. Um, but when we were on tour, we were hitting like towns in between that we'd never been before. So you have to kind of like pay your dues and play a Tuesday night or play a third Wednesday, Thursday night. Um, and it's just a way I think like, yeah, they're not they're They're never as packed or as, um, you know, big of venues, but that's just, I guess, how, I guess how, how it goes. Yeah. I would say the pro of touring is that if you didn't just, if we didn't just do the West coast, you'd see a lot more and that's where it makes sense. Cause you kind of do a loop. 
or it's hard to do a one off mm-hmm. if we wanted to play in like Montana or Detroit mm-hmm. or something like that is a hard we can't drive that and come back. We're yeah, it's easy to do one offs because we it's all kind of drivable in a way. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Makes, makes it possible, but I think you kind of have to tour in order to visit and hit a lot more of the country. Um, and that's kind of like the two sides of that coin in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, if you're on one of the coasts or you can kind of be spoiled because, or you could even, I would imagine you could get complacent because there's so many awesome markets. Like you could be a regional band if you wanted to and probably make a living. You know what I mean? There's probably bands that like strictly play the West coast and make good living doing it. But if you have obviously aspirations beyond that, it's it's hell of a drive, you know? Um, I've always heard that the the East coast is the best place to be a band because you can get to everywhere so much quicker. Like the, 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 the States are smaller and the cities, the bigger cities are closer. So you can just get, you're like DC. Yeah, you, you could do Boston. Yeah, Philly, New York, DC. Like, yeah, like Portland to San Francisco. That's like a fucking twelve-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like there's definitely like um, being from the Midwest. It is kind of nice because you know, for, being in Detroit, we could go. There's so many different weekend routes you could take. Like you could. You a, a long one, but you could hit Nashville if you wanted to in a weekend. You could go to DC. That's like a ten hour drive. You could go to, you know, you could hit like every big city in Ohio, or you could go to like Pittsburgh and Philly and back. You know what I mean? There's like a lot you can do from. And Detroit is like a great, like Michigan music is amazing. Like there's a ton yeah. going on here. But I mean, I'm biased obviously because I know so much about Michigan just because I'm here. But. I've heard great things. Honestly, yeah, really it, yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, it, the one one cool thing that I, I've noticed here, and I'm curious what what it's been like in in Portland because, I mean, I'm sure there's like a of DIY scene out there. One thing I've noticed though, uh, the pandemic kind of loosening its grip a little bit is is different venues. Like I've had different friends kind of like open up their houses as new venues like some of them like really inspired too, like really fucking like going all out with it and i'm just curious like have you guys seen any sort of like resurgence any like new places like that popping up because obviously a lot of places closed down but like kind of what's it been like in the last few months the first the first show we played was like july 2nd i think and that was at a, a venue that had like opened up right before covid and like so we had never played it and it was like pretty new, but it, that was the first show we played back because it was one of the first places that was like together enough to have a show and it was totally new spot, but like sounded really, you know, sounded good. And it was just, uh, that was fun. Um, besides that, I don't know about, there's this, there's this place called Honey Latte that we're playing next Friday that. The, the setup that they have now is new. Yeah. Their setup is yeah. totally new, but it was, it's like the uh the back of a cafe that is they use the loading docks like the truck loading docks as the stage and they just have the whole parking lot open and it just gets full of people in the parking lot from out there um and i've i haven't been to a show there but i've seen a lot of videos of people who had shows and it just gets really you know looks really fun and full and so there's new stuff like that and we've played 
a new sh- house show, but like we honestly got lucky. I don't. None of our main venues closed, right? Not that I've heard of. A yeah. lot of the venues yeah. made it through in Portland. Uh, they did a lot of like crazy stuff to stay open. Um, yeah, like they, yeah. Liquor store closed. Liquor store closed. Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> It was called the liquor store. It was a venue. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one liquor store in Portland closed down. I was going to say, they were probably, I would imagine them doing record business at a liquor yeah, store, dude. They were. There was literally a line. We would, I would drive home and there was one liquor store on the, like a few blocks from our house. There was always a line outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have plenty of liquor stores in Detroit. I can tell you that. Um, unfortunately. You can buy them anywhere. Here, it's like to get liquor here, like hard liquor, you have to go to a liquor store. You can't buy it at the grocery store. You can't buy it at like 7 Eleven. You can't. Oh, really? Specific, like three stores in town. Hmm. Ancient bullshit liquor license laws. Yeah, that's really weird. Is weed legal out there? Like, is it recreationally legal? Fuck yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I imagine it was probably always decriminalized. Like in Ann Arbor, it's always been decriminalized out here. Like you get like a twenty-five dollar. Like I went to school at U of M, and like when I was in school, like I've never heard of anybody even getting a ticket. But you get like a twenty-dollar ticket if you had a like a ounce or less on you or something. Yeah, I think that's been like at least twenty years in Portland, like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's sweet. That's nice. Um. Yeah, one of the other things I kind of like to get into is, uh, especially with bands that like are kind of established, is their songwriting. Like, you know, because I'm, I'm, I take it that like I can usually tell, like, if there's a band that like all four of them show up, then it's probably more collaborative. But if I usually, if I get a band that's like it's one, they send one representative, it's like that's probably the songwriter. But like, sometimes I'm wrong, but like I'm curious, like what's your guys's uh, approach to that? Pretty collaborative. Yeah, you nailed, nailed yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we, uh, oh, go ahead. We kind of all just write our own instrument parts, and then Cole's the, the lead singer, so he writes the vocals and the lyrics. Um, and a lot of times, it's us just before before we are gonna go into rehearse or anything we just will mess around and have like a a jam and we just have an iphone memo you know recording going and every now and then we find something we like in there and then we kind of build off of that and that's kind of how we've been writing for most of our time that's kind of cool because you're literally just kind of like waiting for the the iron to strike you know what I mean? Or, you know, whatever the fucking phrase is. I don't know. You're waiting for the magic to kind of happen, you know, like you're just kind of jamming and it's real. I've always found it's like really just unpredictable. Like sometimes it can just like, just not, you never hit it. Like you're jamming and it's just like, all right, dude, let's just get into the set because this isn't happening. And then other times it's like, boom, there it is. Scrap the plans. Like we have something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like there's definitely times where it's like, we'll have, you know, two weeks of practices and then like almost every day we get a song out and then sometimes two months go by where we haven't written a new thing or, uh, but we're pretty good about being consistently 
at least recording it so that if we do go back and find something that like, oh, I didn't even know that there was something in there. Like we're I feel like we have like hundreds of hours of pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. And like we maybe will remember that we have pieces and go through and like work on that maybe ten percent of the time. Yeah. Like a lot of times we end up just jamming and then be like, oh that's really cool. And then if we really like it, we actually work on it that week. And if we don't work on it that week a lot of times it it gets stuck in the archive and then yeah sometimes we'll like bust in the archive we're really feeling stuck but it's been a minute Uh, like i think i have like 200 hours of iphone recordings (laughs) on my phone holy shit (laughs) music stuff so i don't know i think uh i also probably repeat the same ideas uh and like I think we all on our phones probably have like some version of the same thing. Totally. Just clogging it yeah. up. So I wouldn't say it's the most efficient way of writing, but I also wouldn't really trade it for a different kind. It's kind of like love making. Well, I mean, it, it's like sometimes it's really good. Sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes you're <laughs> to do it. And then, and then you just gotta be like Come on, guys, we can do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're just trying to get there, and then it's like, okay, now I'm done and I'm tired and I'm going home. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, hey, let's hang out afterwards. You want to make dinner? Like, <laughs> I never tried that. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, dude, it works. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a proponent of the iPhone message, though. I mean, the iPhone recording. Like, yeah, I see so. bands that have like the elaborate setup. I'm like, <sighs> Why? I mean, doing that, like we were trying during the pen, like or a few months ago, we were really trying to like do the live stream thing and figure that out. And like Jack and Brett were just champs trying to like figure that shit out. And it's just, it felt like we put in hours and hours and hours of work, like make it sound good. And then you kind of just like at a certain point, you're like, yeah, also the like iPhone recording sounds pretty good too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what your goal is overall. Like for me and my band, it's like the goal of the demo is not to send anywhere. It's so that I can remember what the fuck the song is. Yeah. And I mean, we we, like, we had a recording setup where we just finished a bunch of demos. So we have like, we had a full like mic set up for that. But when it's just ideas like that, yeah, like iPhone is absolutely fine. It's Yeah. We don't really bust out the equipment till the song is done. And we're like, let's lay it down so we can then add other instruments and stuff since we don't yeah that makes sense or something like that then we like record the demo with just the four of us and then we can sit there and mess around and add like weird sounds and i don't know see see if we want to produce ourselves further than just the four piece yeah we have on yeah demos we have ian playing a a beer can like this into the mic and it just sounds like, <laughs> like two really good bongos. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. Dude, I, I've said this a million times on this podcast, but I love it when people do that. Like, I definitely want to get more experimental with my next record. Like, you know, I, this is the example I always use, but like, this Vampire Weekend comes to mind. Like, they are huge and they have bits on their record that were recorded on an iPhone and then just imported into Pro Tools, you know, like you can, it's, there's no bad 
sound. It's just not in the right context. You know, you can take any shitty thing and put it in the right group of other sounds and it, it does its job. And yeah. I think that's, that's a fun way to think about it for me, you know? Yeah. No wrong sounds is genius. Yeah. I know like on, um, I know you're just talking about how, like how well produced the Billie Eilish music is. Dude. Like, yeah. Like, like yeah. one of their snare sounds for one of their songs is literally just them lighting a match and recording the sound of the match and then putting it in and then using yeah. that as the snares. Like, and that's like, yeah, like fucking that's, cool. Yeah. Like I, I, there's this band annuals that like, they were not very well known. They were like a pitchfork darling for a minute, but then they kind of fizzled out, but they have this, this one record timestamp. It's fucking amazing. This guy just did it all on his computer, but like he, he took the sound of a drumstick falling and hitting the ground and then he sampled that over and over so it sounds like rolls and like an entire beat off of the sound of one drumstick falling and it's just like dude that's that's wow. so inventive yeah. you know Crazy. That and it's inspiring it makes you feel like you can anybody can do anything if you just think about it the right way you know yeah. that's true. which makes me think are you guys classically trained musicians at all or are you guys more just like um self-taught or I, I did classical for a long time uh, for piano. Uh, so I would okay. say yes. I haven't played classical piano in like eight years. Um, so maybe not as much anymore. But like the music theory and stuff for me is definitely pretty solid. And I, I use it a lot, at least when I get stuck, like when we're trying to figure stuff out. I think a lot of times we, when we're jamming, we kind of just go for it. We're not really thinking theoretically, at least I'm not. It's once we like try and finesse it into a full song that i start to bring in that uh age-old classical music training theory where i'm like okay and the one two three. yeah like what key are we in what's the yeah time signature like what are what can we do to mess around with that um i think cole is yeah I, that's that's one of the things where I, I fall i don't know where i fall on it um because there's there's on one hand I'm biased because I don't know any music theory at all. I'm completely just by ear. But that's always worked really, really well for me. And so I use that as an excuse not to learn any theory. But because I'm afraid, and maybe you can tell me that this is, doesn't happen, but I'm afraid if I knew the theory, I'd be less likely to make mistakes that end up turning into the actual vibe of the song. Like it's based on a, a lack of understanding of what I'm doing. Like if I knew what I was doing, I might not hit the note that inspires me. You know what I mean? That's like this weird, irrational fear I have of learning music theory. But you're just saying like how you kind of turn it on and off. So is that more the case? Like you just like, all right, I'm not really thinking about it. And then you just kind of jam, do whatever. I think that you, it's definitely, you definitely want to be able to turn it off. Like there are definitely moments where the theory is like really kind of a lifesaver and like makes it kind of like, had this whole jumble of a thing and they're like, okay, no, like this is where we need to focus in on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, there are totally moments where like, if you're just too caught up in like, what is, what is right? What is correct? Classically speaking, then yeah, like that's boring. I like, I like you definitely, you definitely want to be able to turn it off. And, and I mean, for me, I actively, uh, try and play wrong notes when I feel like I'm getting in my head about the theory 
or just oh, like, not yeah. think about it. So like I, I started on piano and now I play guitar. So that kind of helps a lot. Cause like for me, theory goes through the piano in my head. So when I'm playing guitar, I can't think about it as quickly as if I were on piano. So I can kind of have it be off and be in the moment. Oh yeah. Being experimental. But I, I do find it extremely helpful when I'm trying to finish something or like find another part knowing the theory because it can get kind of frustrating if you don't because then you're just sitting there trying to over and over and over again all these different things when like if you knew the key you'd probably be able to figure out something to do a little bit faster um right it's a nice balance too in a band where it's like these two have the theoretical training and then Ian and I do not. So it's like... I, I studied at a New York conservatory for jazz drums, my man. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but so it's nice that also when different members of the band have different pasts and experiences with it. So then like, there's been plenty of times where Jack goes, That's not right. And I'm like, yeah, but I like how it sounds. And then either... Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, so and then I would say some, you know, plenty of times he's right and plenty of times I'm right. So it's like, it just depends. Jazz, baby. Jazz. Yeah, it just depends on which way you're going. With music theory, you can always make the wrong note right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to jazz stuff. Passing tone. You can always be like, oh, that note doesn't technically fit, but if you're playing it in this mode, I'm trying not to get too theoretical. Uh, no, I know what you mean, though. All of a sudden it works. You know what I mean? So you can normally, if you're really be getting stuck in your head about how it's not theoretically working, you can normally just be like, no, like if you do this, this, and this, then all of a sudden it works. Uh, I feel like a lot of the time, Brett is on my case about trying to make me sound more uh, in the key, which is kind of funny. Because I like to play, uh, uh, purposely play weird notes just because I get kind of bored. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I like dissonant. I like a dissonant sound. Uh, I like to enjoy the sound. <laughs> yeah, panic notes. <laughs> I think there's like something beautiful about dissonance, if I'm being honest. I think like that is. I'm getting really poetic right now. I like this. Gorgeous sound. Like how, dissonant, like how dissonant our country is. Love it. Beautiful. <laughs> God, I was just about to say. Oh, harmony be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, though. It's, it's hilarious, but I also I agree. You know, I definitely agree. Um, and I'm, I'm the type I, I like. <laughs> I like different styles of music, too. And I like none of my songs are you know, I made a record and it's like, it's, we're putting it out later, like this year, early next year. But it's, I'm the only thing I'm worried about is like that. None of the songs almost sound like the same band, except for it's my voice. So like, I think we, we always worry about that. And then it's just like, I think there's a lot of things that present themselves that we're not even like aware of where people are like, Oh no, that's mm -hmm. your thing. And we're like, wait, what? Like, or, you yeah, know, or like the, there's something as simple as like the common thread of a voice or like a riff that mm -hmm. we like use a lot or whatever it is that yeah we i feel like we've kind of i don't know maybe i think in a lot of ways we've kind of like like kind of dialed into like a specific sound that we enjoy and kind of like identify with but then at the same yeah. time there's something that we um 
feel like is kind of out of the wheelhouse and different. I think we've established enough of like our thing that there are elements that kind of just get thrown into that thing that will still kind of bring it into the fold. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I think like, don't get in your head about it. Like, yeah. And I was just about to say like the one thing that like kind of takes me out of that is just honestly thinking that of just it being my voice is enough. Like whatever I want to do, like it's not going to stop me from doing whatever I want to do. And I, I always tell bands that like younger bands or whatever, like, you know, it's weird. It's always weird. Like I had a band recently like ask me cause like I sent him my music and then he was like asking me like, Oh, how do you do this? Or why do you, how did you come to this or whatever? And I'm just like, just, I don't one, don't ask me advice cause I'm me, you know, but like, uh, just do whatever you want to do and then let other people tell you what it is that you're doing. Like, don't try to, and I think you guys are great at that. You know, like don't, it doesn't sound like you're really trying to go for any particular sound. It's just that you're, you're playing what you like and then uh, other people are kind of telling you what your thing is. And then, you know, you, you, you establish enough time as a group, you start to understand what that is. I would imagine because you guys have a decent amount of recordings, but you know, I'm still figuring that out. I'm still, you know, I'm not figuring it out, but I'm curious to see, like, as I make more records and stuff, like how it evolves. Cause I have no idea where it's going. And I'm curious, like with you guys, you know, from where you started, could you maybe foresee where you're at now? Or was it kind of something where you started with one thing and then it was just like, mm, I wonder where this is going. I mean, I think I've, I feel like in a lot of ways, we, we, we've been saying this a lot, but I mean, that, that first album was like, when Jack and I were in high school and in a lot of ways, like we're just a completely different band at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think in that time, like we've gone through many different iterations and even the most recent record, you know, we wrote a lot of that stuff like three years ago, four to two years ago. And we had to sit on it for a while for a myriad of reasons, but like, yeah, even that stuff feels like it's not us and we already, you know, we're like, we have, we're, we're sitting on 12 plus songs right now that we're like, we want to put this out. And, um, and it's like, I think in a lot of ways that can be kind of frustrating, but yeah, I, I, w- I so badly want to be most happy and most excited about whatever we're working on. Then like, uh, remember the glory days, like, fuck that. Like, yeah. Yeah, most into what we're doing at the moment, then I think that's always a good sign. Yeah, I I think when you think about bands that have like the songs they have to play live, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's a good problem to have. But at the but you also want people to be excited about what you're doing currently. Like, and if you're not excited about it, they're definitely not going to be. I would imagine. Um, But yeah, again, that's a good problem to have overall. I think is. that frustration, you know, like really liking what you have. And like, like for me, like I have a record that I haven't even put out yet and I'm already sitting on shit that I'm like, God, I wish I was, I wish this was on the record because I yeah. feel like it's better. Story of our lives. Yeah. And also and the good. band is like every album has been different band. Me- well, yeah, every album has had different band members. And so like, uh you know we're as the band is evolving and changing with literally the members and our sound is changing and we're still like now we feel like we're kind of honing in on what we're like really stoked on now 
And it, you have to go through all those evolutions to get there, but like, it's really excited to be like, oh, I feel like we're getting even closer every time. And also, yeah. like Cole was saying, where you just kind of like, we're making the music we want to make, and we're not caring if it sounds like what we should be making. Uh, and I think that's like a kind of a hard line to, to work on because you, you want to be recognizable, but then you also want to do what is good for you as an artist, which at least for me, and I think for most of us, is just kind of like continuing to be creative and changing it up and like innovating what we're doing, uh, which is definitely what makes me want to continue to be a musician. It's like the ability of like constantly changing. Like it doesn't get boring. Everything else. Yeah. Life, I get bored with kind of quickly. Music is the only yeah. thing. <laughs> Sweet. You know what? I don't like that today. Let's fucking twist it up and do it differently. And then all of a sudden I'm entertained again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah not, I skating two months ago. Yeah. Skating? Like skateboarding? Yeah, we bought skateboards. Fuck uh, yeah. Probably for like a week. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid of the, the skateboard. <laughs> I'm afraid of the skateboard. <laughs> I skated in that I will eventually hit. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the reason my nose is kind of crooked is because of a skateboard. I tried to like in middle school, I thought I was cool and like this is so embarrassing because no one was even around. But I was like practicing where you like stand and you kick it and it pops up and you catch it. Yeah. And I kicked it and I missed and it fucking smacked me in the face <laughs> in my driveway. Classic. <laughs> Yeah, really cool. That was the beginning of the end. I think I was like 14 and I was like, I'm just going to play guitar way more. <laughs> That's kind of what we did. And then like, yeah, about like three months ago, we we're like, let's pick it back up. I'm going to learn how to do the kickflip. Yeah. Yeah. No, It's still fun to ride around, but uh, trick wise, not really willing to risk it. Like when I was 16. You know? so yeah. Back the same. Like, fuck, dude, if I fall down now, I don't want to get back up. <laughs> dude, yeah. That sounds so old. Dude, it's just realistic. When you're like a Life alert, skateboards. It's cool funny It's funny time. being in a band with a 45-year-old. Kind of yeah, wild. it's crazy. Yeah. I'm actually 62. <laughs> you literally said you wouldn't skateboard because you don't want to fall. And I'm the one that sounds old? I'm not good now. You should be the first skateboarder with a life alert sponsorship. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That'd be dope. <laughs> the bottom of a like a massive flight of steps. I fall yeah. and I can't get up. No, it's even better if it's just off the <laughs> Life alert and Pedialyte. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so you guys have a bunch of different band member iterations i want to see i want to see the first band that has so many ch- member changes that none of the members are original members <laughs> <laughs> well, jack, jack and i are original members and then brett uh when we moved up to portland or when we like decided to kind of make home base portland um uh, brett came up with jack and they'd been playing a band before um and then ian so it's been I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it it hasn't been like an insane like we normally none of the same members, members, but, You know what I mean? Like we'll have like a constant of three at a time, and then rotate yeah. out one. But one. let let me say now that this is this is the final. Yeah, this is the final cut. This is the the dream team, except for 
<laughs> I'm just gonna ask who's the next one to leave now. <laughs> I still want to. Still want to add a keyboard at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we're not. We're not losing any. We're. Man, we yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to find like uh, the one thing. Like when I made the record that I have now, like I had no members. Like it was. I mean, I had a friend who was on his way out on drums, record the drums for me, and then he was done. So like I was making a record like in the dark. Like all right, dude. Like I already have the studio time. I might as well just do this. So probably never will. But then now, I, then I went through like three different arrangements of the band while I was making the record and not until it was done and then after it was done I had two different iterations and now I'm finally at four people including myself that are like down so it's it's crazy it's so hard and frustrating finding people yeah that, that deserves a congratulations I, I always want to tell bands like fucking congratulations you've been together for over a year even like it's so hard like especially when you're in the beginning stages, you're maybe not making as much money. You're not making career level money and you're not like you have to supplement your income with other things. And like people, you know, like I've had friends who like just had a kid and like now they're not doing their band anymore. And it's just like, it's hard, dude. It, it, it's a, it's a tough ask to ask anybody to join your band when totally. it's hard. I mean, it's not glamorous. I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, yeah, it's it's just hours and hours and hours of bullshit for like an hour to two hours, like sometimes an hour a week or maybe like four hours a month, depending on how many shows you play of like awesome, you know, and it just has to be worth it to you to want to do that. And I feel like I finally found the guys that it, it is worth it to them, but it's hard. dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But. But, um. Have you guys okay? So you have a lot of different records. Have you guys worked with? Um, do you guys record it yourself? Because you know you record demos yourselves. Like, do you have a producer that you've worked with consistently, or have you toyed around with different producers, or kind of like how have you guys made the records? The first record and then the EP was um, with uh, Chris Garcia, who was kind of like I mean, it was literally when we were in high school, and he was just uh, close like a family friend, close family friend, and was like he's a musician and a, and a producer and done some pretty cool stuff. And, and he just really believed in us and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's do this. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. and he's just the best. Um, and then in Portland, we, we were working with David Pollock, um, who's, uh, an incredible producer, sound engineer, whatever. Um, our big claim to fame is that he's recorded some cake. So, oh so fuck yeah! Damn exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I guess that's it. some Lady Gaga. You said yeah, Lady Gaga. <laughs> she loves oregano. We uh, we were in we were in the studio actually that she had been like recording in. Like I think she was the, the artist before us, and there was just a bunch of oregano like jars or whatever. It's Italian, dude. Like she makes that as like a tea, and it like helps her voice. And I was like, "Hey, whatever fucking works." That's so literally like as we were leaving, like Dave was just like, "You guys want some oregano?" Like I have so much extra oregano. Like, <laughs> imagine like being so famous that you like you can be like, "I need a thing of oregano in every room," and they're like, "Done." That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, boxes of it, like it was insane. 
I yeah, maybe I haven't tried it. I haven't tried Try it. Some regular tea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Never thought I'd get the inside scoop on Lady Gaga on this podcast, but that's good to know. A little bit sometimes. <laughs> dude, that reminds me. I just saw somebody um post on Facebook today, like this this booking group that my friends run. Um they just shared this artist who like was saying like, Hey, if anybody wants to do like niche merch, like I do hot sauce for bands. And it was like, we, we had a show with the, the 722 show that Brett was talking about. We had Aardvark sauce sponsor the show, which was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> like two, two little bottles of Aardvark yeah, sauce. Yeah, hot sauce company. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, okay. I was going to say Aardvark sauce. What the fuck is that? But it's hot honestly hot. it is so good yeah. i don't know if it's all the way out in detroit but it is they're growing so good and they're really like they love music they they love doing this type of shit so yeah it was cool and so what have you guys been able to um because you, you know you've had you know let's 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 call it like a moderate amount of like streaming success you know what i mean you're you're beyond like level one band you know what i mean like you guys have like songs like over a hundred thousand plays things like that i'm sure that there's there's much further that you want to go because especially because spotify doesn't pay you shit for like what you stream like you should get more money than you do no matter what on from spotify fuck spotify but (laughs) what would you guys attribute that to like what would you attribute like the success that you have had like is there any one thing that you think has had the biggest impact on that We. Uh, I think the biggest things that have probably helped the band are um, placements. Like two of the songs were on Shameless, that Showtime show Shameless. And so, really? Yeah. Um, the old Crash and Burn and No Control got placed on that. So that just makes people, you hear it in a show and then they go try and find it, you know, and they look it up. Huh. So that that was pretty probably the biggest thing that helped us step. Um, and then I feel like recently, maybe music videos have been like, how we've been working really mm-hmm. hard on making fun, good music videos and that, yeah, uh, you know, you just put a little bit of advertisement money into that and it spreads it. So honestly, like those are the two, some, a little bit of advertisement goes a long way. So. And when you say advertisement money, do you mean like literally like promoting on you through YouTube or through like Instagram, Facebook or hiring like, publicists or, we did like a Google ad or, or like a, a thing that like, so like it, it was a Google ad. I don't really know. It was our manager did all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it was through Google. Yeah, it was a Google ad. And then uh, I think we got like, you know, it's like basically some Instagram, SEO. some social media uh, advertisements as well, just to, you know, it's not a lot of money, but it's a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that that's one of the thing I'm really interested in is hearing about marketing from bands because i mean it might be boring to some people maybe boring to people who listen to this podcast which i don't know who listens to this podcast i don't look at the numbers (laughs) uh (laughs) but i mean sometimes people come up to me at shows and they're like you're brian and i'm like who the fuck are you thank you so much (laughs) but like yeah it's fucking weird but it's cool i mean i'm not saying weird as in like stop doing it people i'm just keep doing it but it's weird like what i do this in my fucking office like what but uh I I do it so that I can talk to bands and have them teach me how to make it. You know, that's why I think it's interesting to hear about the marketing stuff. And um, 
yeah, I, that's why that's why I asked that question. And you know, now I've made a mental note: Google Ads. I'll probably look into that. I'm meeting with my manager two days from now. So there you go. But I'm really curious to hear about this the Showtime thing, the Shameless. Like, did you guys submit somewhere for that, or did you have like a, a connection, or how did that come about? Yeah, we had a connection. It was um, we had a connection with uh, someone who uh, was an A and R rep at Capitol Records, and mm. she was like, we were nowhere near like her it's being Concord like, Records. oh yeah, Concord Records, um, and we were obviously like nowhere near like being in a place where she'd be like, hey, we want to sign you, but she really liked our stuff and and was kind of just in our corner for a long time, so that was really cool. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, uh, it yeah. was pretty lucky. It was lucky. It was, Dude, there's no, there's never any need to downplay luck, though, because I was just telling a friend today, um, you know, that so many things have to go right for you to make it in this sort of business. And the, I mean, making a fucking banging record is like step one of a hundred, <laughs> you know? on the ladder to like success and you shan't you can't fault anybody for luck you know i you see a lot of people and i won't name names obviously but i'm sure you guys have seen these people too sometimes you might even be this be these people like because i have been but like it's you see people having success and you're like oh fucking lucky or like oh they put that song on tiktok and it blew up oh fuck whatever cool you know but it's like dude wouldn't you be happy if that happened for you like it it it, you need that shit and also like the amount of work that is put behind the luck quote unquote yeah you you, you don't you, as as like a you know a consumer or a viewer or whatever you never like you never know what that is and and it's normally yeah. way more than you would ever assume <laughs> yeah we uh, recently sorry go ahead. i was just saying like success is just like hard work and preparation meets luck like you just the success part seems to be where you have to be, you have to have something good and you've put a lot of time and effort into it. And then you have to have that break or that moment. And that's, it has to like kind of just the stars have to align. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, 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 it can be kind of terrifying. Um, knowing you have something cool, knowing you have something, you know, I hate to use the S word special, but knowing or at least feeling like you have something like that and knowing that you're like putting everything into it and doing everything you possibly can to hopefully have lightning strike you know and that's just the gamble of it i guess i don't know it's i guess i'm just like spewing my inner monologue now because that's where i'm at i'm like terrified you know like (laughs) hopefully it works out but that's also why we took so long to put our album out after we wrote and recorded it. We're just like, we don't just want to put this out and then just have right. it just nothing. So like we wanted a plan and then we got a manager and then, uh, you know, shopped it to labels. And so it took more time than we would have liked. But I think, you know, it's a hard balance to just be like this, put it out there and it'll, it'll, people are going to love it and it'll spread like this or like have a plan, have a, you know, a, uh, we're going to do this for advertising. We're going to have you guys on this podcast. We'll have, yeah, I mean, having, it's, it's yeah. having label support is incredibly helpful on the marketing front just because they know the answers. You know what I mean? Cause if you like research yeah. it yourself online, it's like, you'll find 
3,000 articles saying 3,000 different things about how you're supposed to market yourself, how you're supposed yeah. to do it. And it's like maddening. Uh, so it is yeah. it's to like at least have somebody say like, we're going to do it this way. And you're going to be like, okay. Yeah. And we have stats that show that it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You understand the stats. I've seen the stats. I don't yeah. know if I necessarily get them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's nice when you can like, and that's where the preparation and all that goes into play though. Like you have to have something in order for these people to even probably work with you, um, depending on who you're working with. But it's nice to be able to hand something off and have someone say like, okay, this is good. We're willing to take your money. Um, and, uh, cause that's still an important part of it. Um, but it's good enough for them to be willing to take your money and then tell you, that they're they already know what they're doing it's nice to be able to hand it off to somebody who knows what they're doing with a business side of it because a lot of times us as like the artists that's not like we're not usually the like stereotypically we're not the most savvy when it comes to that shit like that's why like the music industry i mean it's only recently been starting to get a little bit better but like it's been one of the most exploitative industries ever you know like the entertainment industry in general you're just taking advantage of like idealistic artsy types who don't understand how much money they're due. And so it's so easy to take advantage of them. Yeah. It's nice to, you know, yeah, as nice as it is to like say, here's, here's my art. Like now you promote it and stuff like, and I yeah. trust you, but like the amount of stories you hear, I mean like huge, like yeah. John, Kesha, like all these huge people just get screwed over all the time. And it's just, you, it is in your best interest and important as an artist to learn as much about that side as, as you can too. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, yeah, eighty percent of being in music is figuring out the business, and like twenty percent is that creativity and making the art. And it, yeah, yeah, slightly frustrating. But one hundred percent is just knowing a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My friend, like one of my best friends, is a lawyer, but he's like he does. Uh, he works for a teachers' union, but sometimes I'll still. I don't do it as much anymore because sometimes I hear him making fun of people who give him legal questions. So I try to avoid it. But like, that's the closest thing I have to a personal attorney, personal counsel for my band is a, I mean, is a labor yeah. union. Yeah. Cause lawyers are expensive as hell. Yeah. 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 And you know, depending on what it is too, you can probably look at a contract and like, you could honestly, I love Reddit so much and I'm not recommending necessarily that people do this, but I imagine you could take a contract and, and like redact it and take out the um, personal information and things like that. And you can post it to Reddit and people will tell you if you're getting ripped off or not. You know, I just feel like there's so many different, yeah. uh, there's just like a community of people out there that just like, especially the music industry that like want to support each other. And that honestly could be the worst idea I've ever had, but <laughs> I, I like it, but I also like don't know how many trolls would be trying to fuck with you. You know, like maybe would be like, "Oh yeah, you should definitely like here and decide like which advice you want to follow." Well, that's the thing. There's so many people who like may think that they, you know, they they may have the best intentions and like they just don't. It's yeah. Just, like, you know, also, it's like so contextual sometimes. It's like very, yeah. It's. I, I mean, do it. Fucking do it and let us know how it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be the guinea pig. Luckily, we we found a label that is uh, really like artists first. They don't 
retain like they're fronting the whole vinyl release, which is awesome, but they're not retaining any rights to the music, which is I think becoming the norm for indie labels. A lot of the from a lot of what I'm hearing, anyways, is, is indie labels that don't ask for any music rights. They just they front basically our deal is like you know we're not well I can't say the name of it whatever, but because it's not official, you know. It's it's like I feel like we always like sit on information as if anybody really cares, but like still you have to keep it a secret, you know. But like their deal is basically like they front the the cost of the vinyl release, and then we split the profit of that release, and then whatever I do with my profit, if I profit, if I make enough, I can just go front the entire next pressing myself and keep a hundred percent of the profits. You know what I mean? But there's no exchange of of cop copyright or um you know, intellectual property or anything like that, which is nice, you know, like not to be taken advantage of by someone who sees you like, Oh, you dumped $5,000 into the making of this record and you don't have any money to press it. Oh, well we own it now, but you can have some vinyl records. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Yeah. There's a, there's a label that recently got started here in Portland. I forget what it's gold, something gold. uh, Mm -hmm. That's one that, um, what's his name? Night Heron's on? Yeah. Pure gold? Pure, simply gold or pure gold. Anyway, it's it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I fucking hope that that's where labels are going, or at least indie labels, because it's a fucked up system. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice. I mean, I say that as, as if I wouldn't completely sell out if I had the opportunity. Who knows what I would do? <laughs> Who knows? You know, if if label wants to, like, if a big label really wants to just buy me a house with with their offer or something, I might. I, I don't know. I might throw my integrity out the window. Just full disclosure. I don't know though. But I think you know you're at the same time like your your needs change. Like if you get to the point in your career where it doesn't matter as much financially, your stability is not affected by it. Then maybe you're more likely to take a less artist-friendly deal just because you've already established yourself and you can still do what you want to do. I don't really know, but you know. Anyways. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes with the, yeah. with the Reddit contract. But yeah, There's no easy answer at all. Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. You're just you're always learning on the fly and things are constantly evolving. Like I talked to um, I talked to a, a record producer in LA on one of these episodes, which was a crazy episode. He's he's one of the guys who like discovered Jimmy Eat World back in the day, and and he was just telling me like some of the stories that uh, his, his name's Lauren Israel. That's a really good episode to go back and listen to. Not to promote my own podcast, but like if you're interested in like the music industry, that's a good episode. And just some of the things he was saying about how the, the industry has changed just within the time that he's been involved in it are just insane and it's just proof that even at the highest level you never stop learning about how it's changing and and you have to worry about that on top of worrying about like staying relevant with the art you're making it's just a fucking nightmare you have to really be obsessed to want to keep doing this stuff yep and we love it (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) yeah yeah um so we're getting towards the end i like to talk about um with bands that have done stuff on the road, like if there's any road stories that stand out, whether it was like a crazy thing or a bad thing that ha- like I've had bands that are literally haunted 
on this podcast. Like they like kept finding weird artifacts and shit and bad things kept happening. Like after finding weird, you know, like I've had cool, you know, that's just an example. Yeah. You don't have to be the haunted band, but there was some pretty huge people out in Eastern Washington that we were running into on our way back from this, like kind of semi camping trip that we did. And it was like, we stopped at this gas station and then I remembered like Cole and I went inside and Cole was like at the, like, you know, where you get juice, like the, the fridge basically. <laughs> and, and then like, he's like about to open it. And this like seven foot something dude just walks up behind him. Just not like built, but just big. Like this, yeah. San Francisco? Steve Wash Washington, dude, when we were out in Eastern Washington, like staying in the high desert, remember? Oh. We got gas on the way home. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, sorry. he's the oldest one and is becoming slowly but surely senile. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we were like on our way back, and it was just like everybody in this little like kind of like hole in the map sort of town was just huge, man. It was. Uh, like, yeah, there it is. Wow. Yeah, found it. Bink. Yeah, but also it's just like, yeah, you know, once you get out of town and you just see people that are way different than you're used to. And it's like for us that I mean, for me, at least it was just like being in that town and like seeing in a mere situation of 10 minutes in a gas station that like, yeah, everybody in there could kick my ass twice if they wanted. (laughs) It's definitely a. Going through like the smaller towns as a band is definitely uh, both interesting and also a little bit scary. Yeah. Because uh, it's just like we have a lot of expensive stuff on us. A lot of us are scrawny. Um, <laughs> no one, no band enforcer. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and then you hear more stories about. There you, you know, go. I kicked the mass. Red on him. Uh, can't think of a crazy thing we had i mean there was like a really nice time like the last time we toured when we were in san diego and we had like two days off and we just got to sit at the beach and eat fish tacos and all day long was great like you get those moments too where you're just like wow like i'm so glad i'm not in portland right now because it's probably raining and i get to be in a beach in san diego like yeah so I think there's a lot of those moments of just like enjoying the beauty. Like I'm so happy. I'm doing what I love. I'm playing a show almost every night. I'm with my best friends. And now I get to just sit, you know, in a beautiful place. And I think there's a lot of those where you just got to kind of remember and enjoy the moments of like where you're at. Oh my God. Yeah. There was that time when we went to Tacoma, Washington and played a show and then afterwards stayed at this airbnb which was actually this just... is not what it involved in what i just said at all no <laughs> we uh yeah we played this, where was that was that barboza no that this was uh it was the big mcminimins that was the big yeah that's like, right here. we played the spanish ballroom it was like a mcminimins venue which is this like it's a cult. Yeah, they're like a company that buys out know. all kind of like. Yeah, no, we love them. We want to be on their shows. More. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and Men's is great. Please sponsor us. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we played the show. And then afterwards, we got the Airbnb at this like spot, which was like a house that got converted into an apartment, kind of. And mm-hmm. we're staying in this like kind of like one bedroom apartment. 
and we get back from the show at like 1 a.m right and it's late and we're still like in party mode because mcminimins is also a brewery and we were getting a few drinks at very discounted yeah. if not free prices and uh yeah so we get back and we're just like continuing the night on and then we had a whole bottle of jameson yeah we also had a whole bottle <laughs> you know didn't really contribute to the cause in the best way but we uh yeah we were we were having a great time it's like 3 a.m and we hear this knock on the door and this person who was like our neighbor was just like hey like sorry guys can you like keep it down i have a four-year or like a like an eight months old yeah like an infant baby basically so understandable yeah it was just like hey i have like a four month old in my apartment that's trying to sleep like can you keep it down and we're like and cole answers the door and of course is the voice of reason and just like yeah absolutely so sorry and then closes the door and brett is literally laying on the counter in the kitchen and cole comes back into the kitchen it's like yeah the neighbor just requested that we keep it down because they have a four month old and then brett was just like well, you should have told them that we have a 27-year-old in here that we're trying to take care of. And yeah, the, the night just went on. And I'm sure we can probably never stay in Tacoma again. Rock and roll. Yeah, uh, We showed up. We showed up. There were a that's couple it. of weird figures that were like knocking on the door the next day and looking straight up into our window. Oh, I didn't know that. You remember that? Like, there was like, we thought they might have been the next. Ian sees the world through a parallel universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we thought they were like the next tenants, but it was like these two, like, pulp fiction looking ass motherfuckers that just, oh, hell yeah. Up and they were like dressed very nicely and just like knocked on the door. And then I like looked out the window because it's like a complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front door that you have to get through, and then like everybody else's door is locked. Yeah, gotcha. They're like knocking at the front door, and I like look out the window to see who it was. And then, like, it was like simultaneously as I looked out the window, they looked right up at me, and I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) You've been marked. Yeah, but oh my god. But yeah, good times, man. Sorry, (laughs) that was my story. My name's Ian. This has been my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no dude i i love here that's my favorite part of the podcast that's why i save it uh for the last because i like to end on a good note but yeah that's fucking i dude, i love hearing that type of shit like i still want to hear more haunted band stories that's why i always use that example uh but like is when you said there were a couple figures i was like hoping that they were just shadowy figures you know what i mean they, were, they had like internal organs and everything they just uh, like yeah. a lot of Bibles, probably. That's about it. Yeah, that might have been, been like, a witness situation. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. <laughs> You're just like still drunk, kind of just like, oh, fuck. Mm, like, these guys are the fucking FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, that's about it. I mean, I appreciate you guys coming on and everything. And, uh, yeah, uh um, yeah, like I said, when if you ever want to, uh, come out to detroit hit me up you know by all means you can just you can just message me through the podcast instagram or something and i can you know definitely get you guys somewhere um and i do i like to do podcasts like in my space too like this is my little like office slash podcast studio that i'm in i like to actually have bands over like and when 
when touring happens, I usually do like, I usually like look for the local show flyers, see which band is from out of town. Then I'll invite them over type of thing. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And um, just let state real quick, like where people can like find your music and then you can, you know, plug anything that you have coming out or anything like that. Social media, Spotify's or whatever. Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, TikTok, uh, at forty feet tall, at forty feet out. tall, yeah, F R T Y, MySpace, Tumblr, yeah, you can find um, music on Spotify, Bandcamp, Amazon, all that stuff. And we got a show August thirteenth at the Honey Latte Cafe in Portland, Oregon. Come check us out. Woo. We also have uh, sweet gift shirts. DM us on Instagram or email us. <laughs> Uh, Facebook message. We'll send them to Detroit. Carrier pigeon. Let us know. Uh, oh yeah, dude. You can sell those too. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, yeah, you know, on the new album, we're we're recording demos now, and hopefully, not too long, we'll have more new music out. Sick, sick. Well, yeah, I will. I'll restate all that in the intro, but um, yeah, don't be strangers. You know, if you if you have anything new that you want to promote again, you know, hit me up. I can have you back on. You know, I'm always down to have returning guests and kind of see how they've progressed. I think that's interesting too. So, yeah, so always, great. always an open door. So, nice to meet you, Brian. Yep. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. You guys have a good night. All right, you too, Dan. Later. Bye, later. Bye.